say we, we went out at about 12 to play golf. We were in the pub by about quarter to one. We just couldn't be bothered. Mm. And we had a few beers. It's a Friday night. And, oh, Friday, sorry. And next thing you know, about six, seven o'clock, I got a message on my phone saying, Paul Weller, I've heard a lot about you. Um, I would like to meet you and see some of your magic tricks. Just ignored it. I thought it was a load of rubbish, mate, because as you would, wouldn't you? You thought someone was winding you up. Right, team, welcome back. Welcome back to the Scratch Record podcast. Tonight we have a guest that's not in the industry in the way that you think he is by listening to this podcast. The guest that we have probably has the best repertoire for supporting artists, but not in the regular way that someone on our podcast would. Today we are joined by the Magic Mod. How are we, mate? Very well, mate. I love that intro. Thank you. You've done your own work. I have, I have. Don't you worry. We soon find out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think as as Elliot said, like in the intro, I think it's this is one that like we're both as excited to hear the story as everyone else because it's like normally we do the research, we kind of got our heads around it, but we're we're not baffled but intrigued by your whole sort of thing, what you do, and how it's come about. So I guess for Hmm. sort of us and everyone else, give us a summary of what it actually is that you do. So, like, when you're supporting these people, how does it all work? You know, how's it all come about? Yeah, of course, mate. So, I mean, I've been very, very fortunate to have supported uh, some of the probably biggest names in the music industry. And the way it happens is, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you from the beginning. You know, I don't know how long this podcast goes on for, but if you've got three hours, mate, want, we're mate. all right. Till you, you know get what more. I mean? <laughs> but it started off the first ever. Um, when I was, I've always wanted to be a magician and I was always loved my music. And uh, I found out I wanted to try and link my two loves together, which was music and magic. And what I used to do is I used to go to indie nights and uh, I just used to uh, do tricks to people in the crowd and, and it always used to get a great reaction. And then one day I did a, when did Stone Roses play Finsbury Park? It was I got the ticket on the wall somewhere. God knows how long ago, years ago. And and I was performing to a group of, first it was 10 people. And then I looked around and it was like 50, 60 people just had these people, like a big circle around me. And I thought, you know what? This might actually work. This could work, like doing music, uh, doing magic to a music crowd. And then I got involved with a few people like Steve Craddock, Promotion Colour Scene. I used to go to his gigs and uh, backstage I used to perform tricks to him. And he's he's been a great supporter of me, Steve. And um, I admi- I'm really, you know, grateful of his support. And and from that, I got in. I got in. Um, I got in with Paul Weller and. One of the things he said a few weeks after we got to meet each other and uh, a few chats, he said, would you like to do a few dates? Like, would you like to few, do your magic on um, like a couple of my shows? I thought, this is unbelievable. A guy who growing up was my absolute hero and now I'm very lucky to call a friend is asking me to, to perform at his shows. And I mean, there is no greater honour in my opinion than to perform to, uh, or to be on a lineup with someone you idolise. So I did two nights in, uh, shit, 
what happened there? <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a great so I, clip. <laughs> sorry about that. I don't know what happened there. I think nah, that's no dramas. Good, that's funny. We're all right. Sorry about that. Your head's all right, boys, yeah? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Bit of a fall, but we're sound. <laughs> yeah, dizzy. <laughs> don't make a claim. Don't make a claim, will you? We, um, so, sorry about that. I did two nights in... It was either two nights in Hammersmith Apollo or two nights in, in Brighton. I think it was two nights in Hammersmith. I did the I did the Thursday and the Friday, and then it was Brighton on the Saturday. It's, it's either that way or the other way. I, I can't mm. quite remember, but it, because just to be there was was an honour. But uh, as I said, at that time, I wasn't on the stage. I was going around the auditorium and performing in with the crowd, mingling in and performing backstage. And um, it was so lovely to have a shout out on... on uh, the Modfather's socials after uh, saying it was they were grateful that I was performing magic. And after that, I thought, you know what? I want to take it to the next level. I want to try and now I've done it in the crowd. The night works. I want to try and get onto that stage. Mm. And I did this gig for Virgin Radio. With they they were doing like a launch party or or a, a birthday party sort of thing. And they had feeder there, and they had some DJs. And who else did they have there? They had some other some other acoustic artist but I, I can't quite remember because I wasn't I turned up a bit late they wanted me later on so I missed mm-hmm. that one but I saw feeder play and all of a sudden I went back to the dressing room which wasn't a dressing room it was an office because they had it in um the party was you know where the shard is yeah weren't there it was next to it they've got a place called like the the news office or the news building or something like that. And, and they had the it. The big this... shiny ones near there. Yeah, mate, right on the top level. And the view was unbelievable. And this dressing room they gave me was an office where they have meetings in. And the view was just spectacular all over London. It was, I just couldn't get what I, I couldn't. It was just speechless, literally. Like the view was yeah. incredible. And I looked down on my phone and Carl Barrett uh, gave me a call. I thought that's strange. I thought he was on tour. So anyway, I called him back and Pete Dockett actually answered and they said that they wanted me on tour. And that was it, mate. After that, that was when the tour happened. I ended up spending just under a month, I think it was, on tour with them. Did over 10 shows. I've got all the all the stuff. I, I keep everything, mate, from the, the signs each night, the signs on the rooms, the maps telling you where you got to go for, for the food and that, the timetables. We had a little itinerary book. I kept everything because it was a dream come true. And it literally was. And... How it went down, listen, it's, a, it's like new up-and-coming bands, isn't it? Some band, some people are going to enjoy the music. Some people are going to think it's a load of shit. Are we allowed to swear on this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. I try not to. I, I don't often No, swear. no, it's actively encouraged. Oh. <laughs> so, I, um, like I said, some bands, are, 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 you know, you're not going to like. And for me, I think everyone likes Magic, but they don't, they didn't initially think hang on what's, what's going to happen here i think everyone was intrigued to what i was going to do so when i got on the stage and started performing i tell you what it was like i've never not been on a stage it's like I've, I've done it a million times believe it or not like the, the lads i remember looking over the first gig we played was warrington Park hall i remember looking over and on the balcony we had all the all the liberty every single one of the members was looking down watching and i thought there's no bigger boost you know i had that crowd watching me and I felt I did really well, considering that was my first time on a stage for a music crowd. And I think the crowd warmed to me because, end of the day, I'm a music fan. I love mm. my music, and I've been very fortunate to have brought my talent onto a stage. 
And then, uh, so I did that for a month. And then after that, I was with Reverend and the Makers. Funny story. If I'm going off on one, by the way, because no, I tend to talk a lot, I love it. talking I, about it. I'm, we're going to pick into all these stories more, I think, but I'm going to, I'm liking right. the run through. It's ideal. So you crack All on. right, cool. So like I said, I love chat. I'm a bit like my mum, mate. When you ask her one question, it end up going talking for about three or four that hours. That's ideal. Mate, so. Perfect for a podcast, mate. That is works yeah. <laughs> charm. The modcast. How about that? Oh, <laughs> about, oh, you've solved the title. That's sort of, that's, that's the hardest part. <laughs> so we, so, uh, yeah, Rev, uh, John from Reverend and the Makers got in touch and, and I did two nights with them, supposed to have been free, but I had a, a booking for something else when they played Leeds. So I played Nottingham Rock City and uh, Liverpool O2 Academy. Again, two lovely venues and, and I've been so grateful and I know I keep saying it, but it, it's an honour. The venues I've played at is a magician's dream, mate. And... Um, Rock City was the first night and I was speaking to John. I said, do you know what, mate? I fancy stage diving, you know, when you do heavyweight champion of the world. He said, yeah, I don't think you'll do it, mate. I said, I see now, I fancy it. And I remember I was just about to leave and um, he was he was playing it because I was staying from Nottingham. I drove up to my mate's, my mate was in Manchester. I drove to Manchester to then stay there and then we played Liverpool the next day. And I said, oh, do you know what? I said, I'm, I'm doing it. So I dropped my bags right, right in the dressing room. I ran up to the side of the stage and he sort of looked, there's a video actually on the internet and I've got it on the Instagram where he says to the crowd, are you ready? And he didn't even know I was there. He just looked to the side. He sees me and he goes, are you ready? I thought, oh, fuck it. I've got to do it now, ain't I? Yeah, you so can't. I, put, I remember can't I ran off. I've run off, but I went to just run to the edge of the stage and jump. But then when I've run to the edge of the stage, I stopped because it was bigger than I thought. I thought, oh shit, I can't, I can't, I can't back out now. So I sort of jump, land on the barrier and then jump in. And someone catches me, and then next thing you know, I've just gone bang. And when I when I come up, I broke like three, may have two or three on my ribs, and uh, <laughs> I had to drive then to, uh, like I said, to Manchester to stay. And all night I was complaining. I was like, hey, I think I've got to go to hospital. I'm in a bad way, like to the bit where I was like coughing up a bit of blood in that. And then I had these big, like I had big bruising all across my rib cage, and I'm. The next day when we played uh, Liverpool, I was so bad. I was like, mate, I don't think I can do it. I'm really bad. Like I was walking like I was walking like a pensioner. You know what <laughs> I mean? But in the end, I ended up doing the doing the show, and I think it adds to the fact, you know, that a magician, you know, stage diving and breaking his ribs. Maybe I should have done it in the first place, but made a good little video. To be fair, yeah, <laughs> what a story that, that is now. That's cool. Yeah, and then after that, I did. Uh, a festival I've, I've always done a lot of festivals so I leave the festivals out I just carry on with the tours I did um, oh I did Pete Doherty's uh, solo tours and I've got some of the posters on my wall because they were probably some of my favourite memories on that solo tour and I think that in itself because I think it was it was a year and a half after the Reverend and the Makers tour and I think I, I as a performer definitely was more mature I, I knew how to react to a crowd and I think the the act that I did was polished to perfection where I knew I could have done it with my eyes closed rather than going in there and winging it which I normally do which normally works but I went with a game plan when I did the Pete Doherty shows and we performed at uh, Leeds Academy no it weren't Leeds University um mm, it was the other one. Manchester Ritz, lovely venue, very lovely mm. venue. Uh, Rock City again, 
and Kennish Town Four Room in London, which the crowd, I, I got this amazing photo. You can't really see it, but it's an amazing photo. I asked for all the stage lights up, and it's just like a sea. I think it was like 4,000 people or something like that, just a sea of people and just me. It's that photo there, you might not be able to see oh, it, okay. but the, the photo was unbelievable. Like, it, I always say, I say to people, I've been so grateful for the gigs I've done, but do you know what? That photo alone makes it all worthwhile, mate. Mm-hmm. That's, an, that's a magician who started off with a Paul Daniels magic set, right? Who has always wanted to perform. When I was at school, the teachers always said, you know, this, this deck of cards, like a deck of cards, you ain't going to achieve nothing with that. And, and my mind was, do you know what? That's my motivation. Because people always used to say, you never see it, you never, you never hear of a, a really successful magician. Well, that's because you're not really looking into it. That magicians yeah. over the time, there are so many successful ones, but you don't hear about them because you don't really dig deep into how successful a magician can be. So for me to have that, mate, fucking hell, what a dream yeah. come true. Honestly, it really is. I'll pause now for a bit so you can get a word in. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, I've got literally like a million questions. Yeah, I've got to process it. Yeah, I'll put you one. comprehension task. I think the best way, I mean, we like to keep it chronological anyway, is I quite like, and you've just mentioned it, is is sort of the school days. So I'm intrigued as to, number one, what what inspired that? Because, I don't know, I wouldn't have even thought about using a deck of cards in school. Like, what sort of started that and how did you find it in school like were you sort of did people look down on you for it and almost like bully you for it a little bit or was it all quite a bit of fun do you know what no no to the bully i mean of course listen mate you get your prats you, you get dickheads in every school and some people of course took the piss but then if i listen to you know i mean you only got to go on social media these days and and people are very quick to put people down when they're doing well Mm. And I'm all for if someone's doing well, you you keep them doing well. You keep giving them uh, words of encouragement rather than putting people down. We live in a world where people just love to see someone fail. And yeah. and I'm not about that. I love to see everyone succeed, whether it be um, musicians, uh, ballerine dancers, you know, footballers. I'm all for seeing people succeed because I think that's what life's about. And as I said, we get a lot of people who love to see people fail. So when I was at school, we used to have some people who loved what I did and we used to have people who like weren't bullied but hated what I did, thought, mm. what the shit this is, hanging around with cars, look at that crap. But if I listened to what people said, I, I wouldn't do half the things I do, mate. You know what I mean? I mean, the dress sense, you know, like the mod scene, it's so out there and outrageous, some of the styles, you know, people are always going to take the piss. Mm. But I fucking love it, mate. Why do I want to be the same as everyone else? I want to stand out. So back to school, my my earliest memories were I always used to take a deck of cards. And what I did was I was sort of used to be a bit of a hustler, you know, like where not so much with money because we were only kids, but with like, we always used to take our packed lunches. So I used to be like, um, do you remember Wagon Wheels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wagon. yeah man. Wagon, wagon Wheels and the Penguins with like the shit jokes on the back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's where I get most of my material from my fucking <laughs> Penguin, to be fair. But we, I used to do like mucking about doing like the free card Monty where you have like two jokers and one queen and you've got to keep your eyes on the queen. I'd be doing stuff like that, but doing betting for like the chocolate bars or the bag of crisps or the, or the sweets. And, <laughs> Love it. and honestly, mate, I was proper hustling. And then we used to do this thing where um, the back of my, uh, the back, I went to a school called Ifield, uh, Ifield Community College. Oh. And at the back, 
no, sorry, Ifield Middle first, and then I went to Ifield Community College. At the back of Ifield Middle was this big science block bit, and and um, they always used to have the windows open. And one one day, because I, I learned how to throw cards, someone said to me, "I bet I bet you can't, you know, throw a card through that window." And um, I, I, pra- I did it. I did it. I was practicing. I was practicing till probably I don't know, like maybe a week later, I could do it. And and all these people used to watch me. They used to wait till it was like um break time and they used to all gather around right and and i used to throw these cards and get it straight through the window and it was like the second it was the it was the top top floor i used to remember i was throwing so many cards in there to the point where we used to have do you remember um one of the first camera phones i think was it a nokia one where, where it used to you could slide it one way and slide it the other way and it turns into like a video yeah. camera yeah yeah yeah, 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 used yeah, to have yeah one of my yeah we used to have one of my friends up there and i was trying really trying to get a good good um you know like a good shot of me throwing the cards it was unbelievable and then i used to as i said i always used to play i always used to have a deck of cards always had a deck of cards mate like still today i still carry a deck of cards everywhere because that is what has made me achieve so much Mm. in this in this world a deck of 52 playing cards you know so i'm very grateful and i will always carry a deck of cards with me because you never know there's always you know, like sometimes I'm sitting on the train on the way to a gig, right? And and there'd be like, I remember I was on the way to a gig in, I can't think whereabouts it was. I think it was Camden I was performing. And there was these two, there was this old bloke and an old woman. I think it made me think of my granddad, to be fair, or my uncle. Sorry, mm. my uncle. My uncle was one of my best friends. And I just went up to him and I started chatting. And then they asked me why I was going to London. I said, I'm doing a show. And then I got my cards out, and then I was remember showing them some old card tricks, and they loved it. And I think magic's one of them things. Name another job. I don't class it as a job. I class it as something I love to do, where you can perform to people, and they will remember that. Some of the magic they will remember for the rest of their life. Mm. Like you could go to a gig, and you remember a certain song and think, yeah, I remember that. But you're going to hear that certain song over and over again, whether it be on a vinyl, on a CD, on a TV, on YouTube. How many times have you seen a magician perform in front of you and you will remember that trick the rest of your life? If you Very like personal it. connection, isn't it? Like, oh, God, mate, it, it is. And, and, and that's what I like. You can get right up into someone and, and show them something. And like you said, it's a personal trick. And it's something that if it's done properly, mate, they will remember it for the rest of their life. And, and that is, for me, that is what magic's about. You know, I mean, I get on, on Twitter, I do a thing called Magic Mod Monday and it's, it's just gone from strength to strength. You know, when I first started doing it, I used to get like five, 600 views and I was like buzzing off it because for me, it doesn't matter how many people see it. There could be someone out there and it could make their day, you know? Mm-hmm. And and next thing you know, it's like 2000. I'm like, brilliant. Then it's 10,000. I'm like, oh, okay. Then it's 20. Then it's, then it was 30 and it's 40. And then like last week's one got something ridiculous. Like, 180,000 or so, or something like that. And wow. I've been doing this for a period of, I think this is like the third year now. And I've smashed over like 4 million views since I've done it, you know, yeah. the, the, and it's constant. It's constant. Every Monday is a new trick. You know, I won't do the same trick. Um, I, I'll do a similar trick a different way, but mm-hmm. I won't be doing the same trick word for word trick for you yeah. know, like trick what, trick and- what intrigued to start doing that? Like what, what was almost like the, cause I know obviously social media is huge nowadays, but it seems like magicians don't do lots with it. I feel like it's a, 
It's no, not something that people no. really focus on when it comes to magicians. You don't really see them popping up apart from yourself. What kind of what kind I, of spurred you to start this Magic Mondays? Um, what uh, Magic Mod Monday? All right, mate. If magic, you're going to say sorry, it, probably, sorry, yeah. Magic Mod right, Monday. Right. Oh, <laughs> is he? That's all right. Oh. <laughs> that's all right. By the way, get on them flip flops. Yeah, hey, yeah. Nice get on them. No, um, sorry. Uh, what inspired me? Do you know what, mate? It's musicians can post their music, right? And they could say, "This is what I've done at a gig." For me, if I posted a trick that I did at a gig, it wouldn't come across as well as if you were actually there. If that makes mm. sense, like yeah. they might think, "Oh, that's good," but it, it wouldn't come across the same. So, what I wanted to try and do is to make something which was sort of personal. So, I don't have. I have a little song in the background every week. You know, I've gone from stuff from like, the, you know, the jam, the kinks, the who, the rifles. Um, I go through every sort of band that I love, uh, you know, like the Verve, Oasis, of course, Stone Roses, everything. I will have a little song in the background at a nice little level and then I'll perform the trick. And it's like people have said it's, it's, it's good because it's almost like I'm there. You know, they can have their headphones in. It's almost like I'm in front of them because the way the the trick is filmed is my mum's, you know, pulling out a card or, or my girlfriend or whoever was filming at the time is pulling out a card, but they're filming it. So it's like it's a, a point of view sort of yeah, thing, yeah. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And what made me want to do it is that I wanted to get as much magic content out there as I could, but I wanted to make it a brand. So rather than doing like trick a day, fuck me, everyone does trick a day. Uh, or sorry, a lot of magicians do trick a, trick a day. You get musicians doing track of the day. Yeah. I thought, right, I want to come up with something. Uh, mod Mod Sunday, no, that's shit, in it? Uh, Friday Magic, no, that's even worse. Magic Mod Monday, shit, that's quite good. Magic Mod Monday, Triple M, Magic Mod Monday, that's yeah. brilliant. Right, let's do it. Just did it. Um, and as I said, when I first did it, I was getting near next to nothing. But the thing yeah. is, with social media, if, you, if you're willing to put the hard work and the graft in, Stuff like it will it will happen if you put the if you put the seeds in and you carry on watering it the next thing you know you will get a good following and that's what that's what's happened and and I'm I'm very grateful as I say I know I keep using that word but it's a dream come true to be doing what I'm doing from what was a hobby to now a career is it's incredible and that's really why I wanted to do it I didn't want to do a trick every day because as I said that that would get boring and I mm -hmm. think people have now over the last especially over the last year now through lockdown people have got so intrigued and and they love it when it's a uh, when it's sunday they're like right team, uh, they tweet me magic mod monday tomorrow looking forward to it you know and, and stuff like this and i've made some some fantastic followers from it um badly drawn boy you know i mean god what, brilliant bring it brilliant songwriter you know mm -hmm. and and he's been one of my favorite he's been probably one of the best supporters you know, the Brian Jones massacre. I've got Anton from it, you know, um, messaging me and, and sharing all my stuff. Uh, Dino from the Rifles, the Rifles themselves, Horace from the Specials. The list goes on. These are people who, as I say, uh, are so supportive, but they've done, they've done great stuff in their career. And yeah. now they're willing to support a magician. And it's just incredible. And that's why social media, if it's used right, can be so amazing. Mm. And do you know what? I know you, you get a lot of your divs on social media who use it 
um, just to troll people and stuff like that. And and I've been on the other, I've been on the receiving end. I mean, every other week I get someone telling me how they think the trick's done and, oh, no, magic's not real. No fucking shit. Do you reckon if magic was real, mate, I wouldn't be getting a car or, or a plane everywhere. I've been getting on the magic carpet and, and flying about. You know what I mean? If yeah. I could make money appear out of thin air, then I would. Of course, magic's not real. The thing is, it's an entertainment, and the way you do it is an entertaining way. Mm. Um, but I think, especially on social media, the the good ways are, ways goes well over the bad, mate. There's more good people and and great people on social media than there is dickheads, and that's what I love about it. Yeah. To be, to be fair, mate, I think it's your mum being the uh, magic assistant that's getting the views in because her reaction to some know, of it man. is fucking hilarious. More people say your mum's the star than me, so I might just yeah, give up. Yeah, that's what we were saying. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's class. And I think that's... Thank you. What I'm, I'm intrigued with is, is obviously yeah. how you've taken this platform. But then when you say you were performing on stage at some of these tours, how do you translate that Magic Mod Monday style of close-up, sleight-of-hand magic to a stage performance? Like how, how did you go about trying to do that? Yes, so it has to be a big illusion, or not an illusion, I don't like that, I don't like that word, it has to be a big effect. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like Tommy Cooper, he was both funny, uh, funny, and he was very entertaining with how he did the trick. So I wanted to come across as doing a similar thing, but I would never, ever um, copy a routine because he's in a league of his own, you oh, know, and, and I would never want to try and and and... I, I, I didn't. I wouldn't do it justice. You know the way he did it is superb. So I have to make something which I will think people would love to see, which would be fun, both funny and get everyone in on it. So I just do stuff like I do the milk jug one with a with a newspaper, which I love. It always gets such a good reaction. And now I do one where I get people up on stage and I do big effects rather than. You know, if, if I use a deck of cards, you know, and, and, and I'm performing in a five, you know, like a five, six thousand capacity stadium or whatever, you know, people ain't going to necessarily see everything, are they? Mm-hmm. If I'm like, oh, can you see that at the back? They ain't going to see that. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, which, which um, it looked good close up, you know, like if I say to you, yeah, yeah, you know, like look at the jack, look at the jack. Oh, no, it changes into the nine. You know, it looks good close up. You won't be able to see that at the back. Yeah. You know, it needs, so I needed to do something that is great for a, a wider, a wider audience in a in a, you know, like a, a good capacity. So I just do big effects, mate. But I make it like eighty percent the story, selling the trick, and then twenty percent is the trick. You know, mm. because if you sell a good story and you make it funny and entertaining, they don't give a shit what the trick is, mate. The mm. trick could be shit, but the way the way I'm getting everyone intrigued and all what's happening now they're all i've already got them doesn't matter what the trick is mate they're already there they're watching you and that that's the best thing so i had to don't get me wrong it took a while to think what tricks are right for stage because not everything's gonna gonna look right on the first tours with the libertines we had um uh like a big screen in the background with with a like a you know when you go to some festivals you have like a, a big screen and it'd be the the front man you know, you'd be able to see the, the actual band on the big screen. Yeah, Same yeah. as that. They had me, they were zooming in on my hands though, so they could see like what I was doing with the cards and stuff like that. And it was, it was perfect. And in the long run, I'm hoping 
to try and get out and do something on a bigger scale. But you know, you gotta you gotta learn to. I mean, I've been running for a long time now. You know, they I first started to walk, now it's running. And I want to just keep going and keep going. And I'm very ambitious in my life. You know, like I remember going to, a, I went, I remember seeing DMAs at Kenneth Town once and I went with one of my friends. And when I walked out there, I went, I want to play there. And it was like literally a year after with Pete Doherty, I performed there. And same thing happened when I left um, like Brighton Centre. I've, I've always loved Brighton Centre. I said, um, wouldn't it be on? Wouldn't it, how good would it be to have a magician on that stage? It was when I went and watched. Funny enough, I saw Noel Gallagher perform there. Mm. I said, "How good would it be to perform on there?" And next thing you know, three years later, with the Libertines, I performed on there. And it's, it's stuff's a dream come true, mate. It's, thing is, with magic, is there is no, you know, like in football, where's the top you can get? The Premier League. You know, once you're there, that's it, really, mm. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, magic. You could go. You could go as far as you want, mate. You can do whatever you want. You know. I mean, look at Dynamo. He he's achieved the stuff he's achieved is incredible. He, yeah, and 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 good luck to him. I always used to take a piss, and when people say, "Oh, what do you think of Dynamo?" I'd be like, "Who's she?" You know, just for a laugh. But mm. realistically, I've got the best respect for him because he's done something which people he's got he's got people talking about magic again, yeah. and he's done he's done more good for magic than a lot of people out there. So I've got nothing but respect for the geezer. I remember meeting him in Brighton. I went to one of his shows. He did a stadium big. Uh, he did, sorry, he did arena tour. And then he did, a, I think he's the first magician to ever perform at the O2. I think that's right. But um, oh, it's just incredible, mate, what he's done. And who knows? Who knows? You know, one day, you never know. I might, I might be able to perform yeah. on, a, on a bigger scale. You just don't know what's around the corner. You just got to keep knocking on that door, and that's why I never give up, mate. I mean, I'm 31 now. I've been doing it since I was six years old, and I'm always learning. You know, you're always learning new tricks. You're always learning new effects. You're always learning new material. You mm. know, and that ambitious that's that ambition is really sick to see. Like from because even like we see it in musicians and people like that, and we don't like you don't normally get to sit down and have a chat like this with a magician. And when you were younger and you were doing these tricks at, you know, 16, 17, that sort of age, and you were really getting into it, it was feeling something that you wanted to do more as a career or something. When that, when did you realize, right, this is a point where I can now take this as a job. Is that, was that when you first did the stuff with Paul Weller or was it just before that? When did you think, right, my ambitions are actually coming to fruition? It was a bit, bit before them. I mean, way, way before I met Paul. I met I was him in. I used to meet Mr. Weller in 2015. I got a poster on my wall. I've always got little things on my wall mm. that remind me of significant events. And and I did. I would have been 25, and I started doing it magic when I was, you know, like trying to get out there, do some gigs and that when I was about 18, and then moved it on when I was about 21. But mm. I remember being at um, being at a, a party, and there was a bloke there doing some tricks. And someone said, "Get your cards out. You'll wipe the floor with him." And I'm not like that. I'm not like one of these arrogant people who go, "Oh, like look at me. I can do all this and do that." I'm not about that. If people mm. want to see a trick, I'm all for entertaining people. And I remember the bloke. He was a bit pissed, and he was trying all these tricks. And oh, mate, they were awful. But I was just you know, humoring him, going along with it, like, oh, that's quite good, you know, stuff like that. And then I, I had a deck of cards and 
I don't know, it's just something was in me and I just managed to, I think I was doing, managed to do like a whole hour without it. Like, I didn't even know the hour was, just went like that. And just did a whole hour of entertaining with a deck of cards. It wasn't even my deck of cards. And then I thought, do you know what? That, that weren't bad. I could probably do this. Like, if I polished up the act and, found, and, and you know, had a bit of a routine, I could probably do this on a bit of a bigger scale, maybe around nightclubs or so. Mm. And then that's how it, that's how it happened. I used to do my tricks around bars in the Crawley area and the Brighton area and in and around Rygate and, and London in the clubs. It used to work. It used to work. And it, I remember, like, it, it made me who I, it sort of made me into a much better performer because if you can perform in a nightclub with a lot of people who are pissed up, drunk, probably on every sort of fucking drug under the sun, mate, and you can perform anywhere because these people are just there to have a good time and they're slurring their words. And if you can make them impressed and have them stay there and respect what you're doing, then you can perform in front of anyone, mate. And yeah. and I loved it. And I still say them early days of me learning my trade are really what made me who I am today. Yeah. Did you face much backlash in that sort of situation? Because I know that some people's opinions on, on people doing magic and stuff like that, People, some people do fucking hate it. Like, I don't really know yeah. why. But I definitely know, like, because people used to do I, it around the pubs around here sometimes, and Yock and Doe. Oh, yeah, they did. Around, I yeah. forgot about that. But yeah. I think some people, I genuinely think this, they have a bit of a complex where because you can do it and they don't know how, it pisses them off. Do you know what I mean? That's like, it. they get like, why don't I know how to do that? So then they sort of give a bit back. But did you ever find any sort of reaction like that? Or has it always been quite positive? No, I've been so, I mean, listen, if I, you always, as I said, you're always going to have people who, no matter where I perform, there's always someone, you always get that one person who who has done magic in the past mm. and who knows every trick you're going to do. I remember it used to get to a point where I used to pull a deck of cards out like that. Someone said, oh, I've seen this trick. And I'm thinking, fucking hell, you must be good. I don't even know what I'm going to do yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I've literally just pulled the deck of cards. I've seen this trick. All right, then what, what, what am I going to do? Yeah. You know, and, you know, to go back to your question where you said, I don't know why people act like that. The reason they do is because they think you're making them look a fool. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I say, it's not. I'm not here. I always say at the end, because um, my act, I, I like to take the piss big time. I absolutely love to, you know, have a laugh with the audience, get them involved and, and have a bit of a joke and a giggle. That's my act, you know, and I don't go out to offend people. I've seen some magicians and, and comedians and they just rip into someone and you can see the person is on the borderline to really like getting up and going or, or in tears and then they keep going. I'm not about that. That bloke ain't going to go home and tell his friends that he's had the best night of his life. Mm. I go and I have a laugh, but I know when to stop, you know, and I love it when people take the piss out of me. I say, look, um, if everyone, if every, if anyone wanted to know what uh, Leighton Baines would have been like, if he didn't, you know, if he didn't do football, just look at me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have a good laugh with it. And, you know, people all the time, you know, when I performed in the Libertines, I walked on and I said, um, I remember looking back on the stage and at the big screen, I went, fuck me, Leighton Baines is looking well these days, isn't he? And they loved it because it's, it's, it's a, you know, I, I'm always having a laugh and, and I'll get everyone involved. Um, but I've never really had, and I'm trying to think, I mean, I've been, I've done shit loads of gigs now, but I don't think I've ever had, I mean, as I said, it's just the odd one where you, the geezer knows what you're doing before you do it. And oh, I've done the, oh, my brother's a magician, is he? He's not that fucking good. That's why I'm here getting paid or something. You know what I mean? But, 
there's I've, I've never really had anyone get the ump and want to fucking have a row or something over yeah, it. I just good, good. Yeah, like you do. You get you, you get people who who think you're out to to make them look silly and think you're arrogant, and it's not. It's just an act, you know. But no, I've I've been very fortunate with the with the crowd I've performed. At. I've never had any sort of backlash or anything like that. Yeah, that is good because there is sometimes there is just some things where people are just fucking bell ends about, it and it seems to be from our from our experiences anyway. But luckily, you've not had any of these any of this backlash no, for it. But you we, know what, mate, you will get that everywhere. You know, like you probably experienced it yourself with your podcast. People might not like the maybe the guests you've had or, or the questions you've answered. People do it with bands. Like I mean, even at the top level. You know, like I remember when when Paul Weller was doing his stuff, and he used to get slated for not doing enough jam songs. You're never gonna, you're never gonna, you know, everyone, you're yeah. never gonna satisfy everyone. Nah, mm. of course you're not, mate. And the way the way the thing is, don't go out thinking you're gonna please everyone. No, you know, you just can't. do what you can to the best of your ability, and leave it as that. Yeah, that's how, and that's how we work with all of our stuff. Good. Like it just is. Good. You kind of got to ask questions you want to ask, and we're enjoying ourselves. That's and it. that's and to be honest, that's all that matters. And you know, you mentioned Paul Weller. I want to get into that story a little bit more because we kind of, when you gave us our rundown right at the start, you kind of, yeah. we didn't get like an in-depth bit. How did that start then? Because that sounded like something that was a real, almost a turning point in your career because it was right at the beginning. Massively. How, Massively. Did that, how did that all come about? And what was that, what was that like? What was that uh, feeling of like when you got home and you'd had this phone call or this initial part, you were like, was it a breath of relief? Was it... How did you feel? It, it was the point which I think really made me want to be the best I am. You know, it really did make me want to be the, the best. If, if I'm a magician, if I'm the magic mod, I'm going to be the best fucking magic mod out there because it happened. I, was, I went out on a Friday to play golf with my mates. We played about two holes of an 18-hole golf course and then we fucked it off and went down the pub. <laughs> so we, we were quite, I say, we, we went out at about, 12 to play golf we were in the pub by about quarter to one we just couldn't be bothered mm. and we had a few beers it's a Friday night and oh Friday sorry and next thing you know about six seven o'clock I got a message on my phone saying Paul Weller I've heard a lot about you um I would like to meet you and see some of your magic tricks just ignored it I thought it was a load of rubbish mate because as you would, wouldn't you? You yeah. thought someone was winding you up. About half an hour later, mate, he called me and it was unbelievable and it did change my life because I've got nothing but love and respect for that man because what he's done for me, I mean, look at this, mate. Oh. Hello, lost you. Well, what's happened there? Sorry, mate. I think someone tried to call me then. Are you there? That's all right. No drama. Popular geezer, mate. We can't stop that. No, I thought I thought I turned that off. Sorry, mate. My fault. Um, where was I? So, yeah, it, I've got nothing but love and respect for him because he's done something that not many people would do. He's brung a magician into his world and I've met some of my heroes, you know, in and around him. And I've performed, I've, I've, mate, I'm, I'm on the credits of one of his fucking albums. How good is that? You know, That's if you get onto Sunset and you look at old, old Father Time and you look at, um, where is it? Oh, I've got it in the final thing down. Uh, yeah, wait there. I'll get it. <laughs> Talk amongst yourself. Music. 
Yeah, do it, mate. Just <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was musically talented, man. <laughs> Some dry tones. <laughs> My God. Pull out that, um, the skit on the Machine Gun Kelly album of him mm. and Peter. I went to, uh, I went to Boots the other day. I said, I want, um, I want a deodorant. She said, the ball type. I said, no, the one you spray under your arms. Yeah. All right. So, um, <laughs> cheers, boys. Nothing like making me feel fucking welcome, is there? Uh, so, this album here, Onto Sunset, was, um, this went to number one as well. So, officially, a magician is in the number one album. Number one album. Fucking like wild. it. It's the work, but this really is the work of a genius. Like this album and the last one, Fat Pop, is his, probably some of his best stuff that he's done. And, um, this is this is probably out of all the memorabilia, I've got some lovely stuff that I've been able to get off off some heroes. Remind me to mention the Pete Doherty jacket in a minute because I did another interview and I didn't mention it until after, and then they were like, "Fucking hell, why didn't you mention that?" Was, <laughs> well, don't you worry, yeah. so, I'm going to work my way through that. the big names. Don't you worry. Yeah. So this is this is one of the albums, and um, uh, I got him to he signed it for me. And where is it? Uh, I don't know how I'm going to let you see this. Let me put my I will. So on the credits bit, mm-hmm. when you go to, oh fuck, where is it? Old Father Time, and just there you got the magic mod. Oh, that's ah, class. That's fuck. Oh, yeah. You got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if, I don't know how it come out on that boys, but it's um, what I remember it. I was in the studio with him when he was recording it, and um, Stan, who was producing the album said he needs some claps in this bit because it was a bit like um it was too 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 longer a pause he wanted something there so he said oh let's do some claps and then paul just looked at me and was like come on get in there and i was like fuck off get on this do you know what i mean if i'm gonna clap it's gonna be the best claps in the industry mate i'm telling you and <laughs> honestly mate i was it was great just to be there headphones on in the studio with him clapping doing the clapping and I thought no more of it, mate. And then one day he messaged me on WhatsApp and he sent me the the like the um the final print and it was the was the credits of that song. And I was like, oh fuck off, is my name gonna be on the album? And when it came out, I ordered it um off his website. I always buy all his work because he supported me, so I'm always gonna support him. Support and that out. never changed. And I went down to Tesco's as soon as it opened. I went down there, bought it on CD as well. Even though I was going to get it, but I wanted it that day. Yeah, yeah. And, and I looked on it and, and I saw it and I was just like, what a moment to have your name in a Paul Weller album. You know, someone I've dreamt of meeting as a child, you know, now to be a friend. And the thing is, a lot of people who he's around are the same. They, they, they've admired him because he is, the guy's a living legend. I mean, how many people have you... And look, who doesn't know Paul Weller? Yeah. You know, who, yeah. who's not heard of that gentleman and the stuff he's done He's from the jam to the style cancel to solo career. He has done it and he keeps doing it. And he's, he's the best at, in, in my opinion, not just saying it, there's a bias. Him, he's, he's the best out there. There's no one else doing what he's doing, mate, and still doing it at his age, mate. It's fucking I mean, I literally can't get my head around this because I'm like, imagine Liam Gallagher basically DMs us now and is like, Oh, I like your podcast. Like, 
can I come on? Yeah, can you can you come over and show us how, how you do it and get us on a piece? Like what? Like what the fuck could we do? In do the same, I mean? yeah. I'd be like, you would never. And then not only to go from that, but go over and do it, and then end up friends yeah. with the bloke and being in the recording studio with the guy and being in one of his albums and being yeah. like friends with him. That's like that you is never know though, do you? The pinnacle. Like you couldn't, you can't write something like that, can you? And then, and that's what I mean, mate. For me, like when I say when people say to you me how hard do you want to go now i'm like do you know what i will keep on climbing that ladder but for me i achieved all i've wanted to now yeah you know i've met every single one of the heroes phil daniels quadrophenia i've got pictures uh signed photo up there of him paul weller one up there um paul daniels and liam gallagher you know and pete Duck. you know like i've met people who who as a child i i, I used to love their music idolized their magic and, and loved watching them on the big screen you know so there isn't much more that that could happen. I mean, uh, the next thing is I would love my own little TV show. I'd love to, but that's something that's been going on with, with people for for a while, lot long talks and that. But who knows? Maybe one day I that might happen again. I think it'd make a really good your story. It'd be really well um, like written into a cinematography sort of film. Like just even if it was yeah. a forty five minute film, I'd I'd be really. Will you say that? That's where this little fucking bad boy comes out. Get a plug on this, boys, eh? <laughs> Stick that fucking elevator music on again. Yeah. <laughs> we can't. Right. <laughs> no, I ain't going. Just replay the bit earlier. Elliot, I've got this. Please replay yeah, the bit. We did this. <laughs> I think this was filmed... 2000. Oh, hang on. I've got, the, I've got the premiere poster on my wall out here. This was in... Fuck me, lights went off. Uh, 2016. Uh, was the premiere of this documentary, the Magic Mod documentary. Basically, oh. it is literally about my career. And um, Vicky McClaw from Line of Duty, she's in it. Paul Weller's in it. Um, Chris Ramsey's in it. Johnny Owen's in it. Um, there's, there's some, I mean, oh. do you know what I mean? To bring out that. That's unreal. As, as That's your, really cool. Your, your, first, your first thing, and to have people like that, is is a, a dream come true, and I mean, look at the disc as well. I mean, fuck yeah, get on that's that. superb. Where where can we it's get dream. that? Is that is it still available? It's, do you know what? Right, we've put it on hold at the moment because we're hoping to do something special with it. But again, that's in talks. But hopefully, soon, sooner rather than later, something will be coming of this. But do you know what? When this when we did start knocking these out, I, I couldn't. The response was phenomenal. And I think mm-hmm. it was more to the point that people wanted to know about the story rather than the people who were on it. You know, they wanted to see how it all started and that. And and still to this day, that's that's one of my, my greatest achievements as well because it's get it on Netflix, mate. That's where the money is. Yeah, mate. You never know, man. You never know. But that's um I mean to be fair, mate, I tell you now, there is some shit things on Netflix and I tell you now that that ain't I'm not just being biased, but the I think people would enjoy watching that, and I haven't had I haven't had any negative reviews. The only probably the only sort of negative review I got is someone said they wanted it to be a little bit longer because they really wanted to see a bit more. And you know, if anything, that's a compliment. Yeah, that didn't bore people. Yeah, you, so you're looking to try and do. I know you probably can't talk about it too much, but you're looking to try and do like an a like a like a showing of it. Um, part of the thing, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. No, we've know. done. Do you know what? We've done premieres. We've done a premiere in London, and we've done a premiere in in um, Belfast. 
Northern Ireland um, place I absolutely love. And, and the, the bloke who'd done the documentary, Ali McKenzie, big love to him and a shout out to him, who actually, I think he got married today. So it was oh, lovely to see him happy because he's a fantastic, uh, fantastic director. And he's someone who I've got, again, so much love and respect for because he come into my environment. He come down here and done filming, stayed with me for a while. And we went up to Brighton, done filming. Um, I got him probably a bit too pissed up on the on the final night, but you know that's that's what happens. What in life. Life. Yeah. Well, we're it, going. Do you know what I mean? I mean, there's worse yeah. things that happen, isn't there? But yeah. it was good, man. You know, he's a, he's a nice guy, and I've always met lovely people in this industry. And I know there's a lot of assholes in there, but I've met. I mean, so grateful to have met some of the nicest people. Mm. Now, speaking of lovely people, going to say the same thing. <laughs> the Libertines. Yeah, we'll move on through to the next stage of what happened in this chronological order that you told us about earlier. Let's let's talk that. How did that come about? How does that come into your calendar? Then, what's what's the crack? So that happened. Uh, like what the going on the tour? I mentioned the going on the tour. Yeah, 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 yeah. But how does that like? How do they hear of you? Where does the the initial spark of that connection come from? I met Carl. I met Carl at one of his DJ nights and, and performed a few tricks to him, and we exchanged numbers and we we spent a lot of time um, uh, with each other on nights out sometimes. And in fact, I met one night. I saw him and um, we into Liam Gallagher as well which is, was a very eventful night and it was lovely to meet Liam and perform some magic to him and I got this fucking fantastic photo of me and him shaking hands like that like after I did a trick and then someone took a photo of him hugging me and like photos like that it was just there like right at the moment do you know what yeah, I mean yeah, like, yeah. you could have could have timed it to perfection if you tried but did all that mate and oh, sorry Gone, gone off the record now. So it, it, that's how it happened, really. And they, the, the Libertines, if you if you think about it, they they always do stuff that's different. Now they've had poets with Jack Jones from Trampoline, and they it back in the day because Pete is such a he's so um, he's very well educated as everyone knows anyway. Mm. But he knows everything about the old like the industry in the old days. And what they used to do is they used to have a magician, a poet, and a and a musician. And it always used to be the poet first and the musician, sorry, then the magician and then, and then the, the magician would uh, shut it off. And he loved, he absolutely loved the idea of having a magician. And that's how it happened, mate. And as they say, the rest is history because it just worked. And it, some of the best times of my life were on that tour bus. Mm. And, and still to this day, you know, like getting back there, when I, when I talk about it, I, you have to find yourself pinching yourself and thinking, fuck me, did that actually happen? Like, did yeah. I perform in front of like that many people and not get booed? You know, did I perform there and not get a drink thrown at me? Did I, did this happen? Did that happen? Like, mm. it, it's incredible, mate. And and as I say, I think it's due to the fact that I'm, I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a fan myself. You know, it's just like it's all a family, isn't it? If you support mm. the same music, it, if you listen to the same music, it's like you've known the person for the rest of your life, or you know the person already. If that makes sense. You're like a family. You all listen. You all go to the same church. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. that's I mean, the way I, think, I like to look at things. I like that. I do like that a lot. And I think um, I want to ask about Pete Doherty in particular because I just think for both of us, he's a bit of like oh, he's an icon, bit of an idol legend. for us. And I think like especially like our generation, like there is no one bigger. I mean, there's like Liam Gallagher really that has been mm. in terms of 
Because I think because the anthems of Doom Youth, it kept Libertines going. To, that was for me to our level. Yeah, like that that album for me was one of them albums that really kind of gripped me in. Like I, I grew up playing basketball and stuff, and was more down the hip hop R and B route. But the anthems of Doom Youth really pulled me across to the like almost like anthemic uh, guitar music. So to me, he is he is one of my idols, and I mm. also love how articulate he is and artistic oh and bloke's a genius mate a genius, bloke's, a, yeah, bloke's yeah. an absolute genius you know and there ain't many there's hardly a, there ain't many people like him in the industry with with that sort of songwriting ability the bloke and uh, i've said it many times when i've been on stage doing like my my q a's with like um for instance helen mcginn and obviously who had a big influence in in the libertines in the early days with creation mm. and I mentioned that the guy is an absolute genius, you know, and you take away the bad publicity and fuck me, what a force to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people, mm-hmm. you say Pete Doherty and straight away, they will think about the negative stuff, right? When really, if you strip that all away, he is probably, if not one of the best songwriters, this generation, or forget that this generation, he's probably one of the best songwriters from, from, from this, this, uh, this world, you know, uh, out of this ever. world, in the whole world. Like he is unbelievable, mm. and that's his solo stuff. His last album with the Putin Madres, right? Some of the music on there is incredible. Like, mm. um, it blows my mind how he how he doesn't get as the the sort of um, I wouldn't say the recognition because if you know, you know, you know, it's one of them yeah. people who know know how good he is. But I think he needs to be. I mean, look, he's done it all with the Libertines. You know, they performed on the biggest on the biggest stages in the world and all that, but. He just even bigger. Him, when people say to me, "Who's the best songwriter in the world?" I go, "Paul Weller, Noel Gallagher, and Pete Doherty." There is no in between. You know, yeah. people go, "Yeah, the Beatles," and yeah, all right. But listen to what I'm saying. That the Paul Weller has still been doing it since he was like 13, 14, writing absolute bangers after bangers after bangers. Noel Gallagher wrote a song in two minutes or less than two minutes, which ended up being a number one, which ended up being like an anthem for people that people still sing to this day. You know, wrote it in two fucking minutes. Mate, I spent two minutes. It takes me longer to to go on the toilet. You know, I could do two minutes. What could you do in two minutes? It's incredible. Um, Pete Doherty, his lyrics, everyone can relate to. Yeah. everyone can relate to when he's had times where um, you think um, music where the lights go out you listen to them music uh, you're my Waterloo um, what else what a waste I mean mm. fucking hell what a tune that is what a, what a tune that is you know um, it, and I think incredible incredible and yeah when you look through all music greats and artistically talented people whether it be in music mm. whether it be in actual like physical painting and sculptures and stuff like that they all have had their own gripes and troubles that they've gone through in their life and that's what they've portrayed in things like even when you look back at so i'm, I'm massive into my jazz as well and you look back oh, at yeah. now davis yeah uh, yeah nat king coles your mark your miles davis your john coltrane's and all people like that, they all had very similar troubles and pete doctors in that same category of these geniuses of musician and art oh and i Christ, think mate and everyone has them everyone has them gripes i think when your mind's that way inclined and there isn't many people that can go through this world with that sort of brain and nah. be able to not go through the bad as well as the good and i think you know you've got to take that away from the art that's created to some extent and i think for him as well being so intelligent and articulate 
just kind of holds upon its own. Like, I don't understand when people are like, oh, all of these, all this negative press and they bring it up and like tarnish his name with it. It's for me, I don't like, see mate. how you can, how you can even use them in the same bit, in the same sentence, just sheerly because of it's some shit he's been through. Like, I, I just can't get my head around it. There is that, there is something about him. There's an aura about him that fascinates me to a point of, I don't even know how to describe it. Like he's one of them people, there's some people in this world that I wish I'd interviewed before that are like before our time, like yeah. you know, Nat and Cole, I would have loved to have done. I would have loved to have done John Lennon. I would have loved to have done some of these real iconic people. And Pete Doherty, he's on my list for sure of needing to get in on the podcast, but he is so fascinating as a character that like, it entices everybody. He's such a, I don't know, he seems to be such a lovable mm. human. Oh, he's lovable. And he, I've seen now, he's one of the funniest fuckers I've ever met in my life. He's, yeah. His sense of humour is unbelievable, mate. I've got some great, got some great memories in, on, on being on tour with them, with them guys. And it was just a laugh, a laugh a minute, mate. A laugh a second, but everything yeah. was just funny. What, what, I think that's the, you know, and the, you're the best insight to have on here. Like what, what was, him and the rest of Libertines really like on that bus, on some nights out, you know, is it everything you, you know, it's like, to be? No, no. And and I, I would never try and, I'd never portray it to be anything like that other than, you know, it was just a group of friends on a bus having a good time, enjoying what they were doing. And at the same time, making, they were making music together. He was writing most of the time and Carl was practicing and it was just like, it was just a great place to be around, man. And it was definitely, it was just like going out with your friends, you know, all these people thinking that it's fucking like, it mad as what it was in like the nineties and, and shit like the eighties and shit like that. Fucking hell, man. Listen, it's not like that. I mean, everyone enjoys themselves, but this was just a great environment to be into, you know, where many a times we'd be stopping off at food places, grabbing food, chilling out, watching DVDs, Sometimes someone will be reading poetry. Sometimes I'll be teaching people card tricks on the bus. You know what I mean? It's not a fucking 24-hour party like, like um, the Happy Mondays and all that. It was just it was just a fucking lovely place to be in. A great, great environment. And and something that um, I learned a lot on there. It was so spiritual to be around some of the best in the industry. Yeah, I can imagine. That's what I was going to ask you next. Like, do you feel that, Cause I, I always say like, I've always, I've got this kind of mantra that I live my life by the, the, you are an accumulation of the closest 10 people to you and the people you surround yourself with. And I think yeah. in that period of time of your career, you obviously had surrounded yourself with some really incredible, talented and forward thinking people. Do you find mm. that that has been what set you apart from everyone else? Because you will rub off on each other on these close encounters and stuff like that. Do you think that's what's almost... Well, I think so, mate, yeah. Now. I mean, you hang around with people who... What was someone said a quote today? On a, I listened to that James English podcast, and uh, he said something like, don't judge me by my success, judge me by... No, it's not that. It was... Um, you could tell where I'm going by my friend... But you could tell where in life I'm going... You can judge where I'm going by the friends I've chosen or something like that. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? He, he's absolutely nailed it on the head. And I've got a great group of friends around me. A lot of people are into music. A lot of people are, are doing jobs and working hard and, and, and are successful, you know. And, and I've got a good family around me. Yeah. And, you know, 
it, you've got that and it's just the recipe for going on to doing stuff you know i mean i i hang i i've got some fantastic people around me and it makes me just want to succeed even more and of course if you hang around with positive people who are all just want to succeed and 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 be the best they are it rubs off mate you know if you, yeah, for sure. you hang around with people who all they want to do is is go on the piss every day and you know go down a betting shop and fucking wank off to pop idol or something then you know you're going to be you're not really going to achieve anything in life are you and as i say every single one of my friends from around in crawley area to people i used to go to school with every single one has been nothing but supportive and they believed in the dream that i had which was mm. to go out and, and be the best i am so i think your friends can make and break you but if they support you they fucking they certainly get you up that ladder a lot easier mate definitely and that's that's a lovely message and it would be a perfect place to move on but we've got to ask you about pete doctor's jacket now because you've told us so oh yeah 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 um the when when we performed at um plymouth uh i had this pretty green um trench coat i think i had it for about two weeks or so it's the fucking bollocks mate like <laughs> They don't do these ones anymore, but it had the paisley all inside and all up the collar and shit. I think I paid like one fifty or something like that, mm-hmm. or it was two hundred, but I got one fifty, so I got a discount from the shop or something like that. Yeah. I can't quite remember, but it's irrelevant how much it was. And Pete liked the jacket, and I'll tell you the shorter version. Um, we just ended up swapping jackets, and I ended up getting his iconic red jacket, but his actual red jacket and. Fuck off. You know, he actually gave it to me. He said, this is the jacket I've worn on stage. I've had this for about 10, 12 years or something. And it's the actual jacket. And I've got uh, I've got him, Cole, Cole signed it, Pete signed it, um, Gary signed it, and John signed it. The whole band signed it on the inside. And I've got it, put it this way, it's locked away at the moment, somewhere special. But Fucking hell. You can't get much is. better than that, mate. You know, like there's people out there who who have got replicas of the jacket, shall mm. we say. And and um, they're happy, which is good because it's not a competition. But to actually have something that he's worn for a long time and given given to me, and um, the reason I got it personally signed to the Magic Mod is because I'm never going to sell it. And I, I because he this was on one of the second nights or something, I was with him, you know, people still getting to know me Carl knew me but people still getting to know me so I said look I'm going to get you to sign that to me because I'm never going to sell that so it's got to the magic mod I mean I, it says Plymouth 2017 uh, big love Pete Dockett uh, to the magic mod Plymouth 2017 big love Pete Dockett and then it's got Carl it says something like love you brother picture of a guitar Carl Barrett Gary um, I think he just put yes brother or something like that or magic and then and then John put something like absolute magic and signed it and um fuck me that's got to be one of the best bits ever because that's something that everyone knows the red jacket you know yeah. everyone can relate you know you, you wear a red jacket and people you wear a red jacket to a gig people immediately know that that you're into libertines yeah you know? and it's an iconic it's just it's an iconic piece that, that yeah. is an iconic piece That'll be and some fucking that, night mate, when you break it out and put it on and go somewhere in it. That, that would oh, be fucking Oh, fuck me, ridiculous. mate. I'll never wear that in my life, mate. <laughs> I would never put that on in my life. Now and then I'll have a look at it, but I'm going to try and get it. Um, I've got some lovely bits of memorabilia that me and the missus want to try and get around the house. 
like pull it on display. And I think he's got an idea of putting it in this big glass cabinet, mm. having it in the front room or something. But yeah, you could almost like hang it oh, up on like some shoulder pads so you can see the. That's what I was thinking in this glass box, mate. In yeah. yeah. And I've got his. I've got one of his harmonicas he gave to me. I've got a playing card that he's it's actually the playing cards there. You can't really see it, but mm. he's like doodled on it and then signed it to me. So that'd be nice to have. I've got loads of nice little bits of memorabilia from that tour, like champagne cork bottles when we when we um ended the tour. Um, lo- loads of good stuff, mate. Loads of good stuff. You're at the point where so people been... would pay good money just to come into your house and have a little rummage around what you get. Well, someone said to me. Someone said to me. You know. If you ever were to sell that, you would get some hefty money for it. And I just said, but well, why would I? Because yeah. if, if someone was to buy this of me, right, they wouldn't have the same story. Oh, how did no. you get that? Oh, we bought it off some magician. Yeah, but how did he get that? Oh, well, that's the story. That's the story. Do you know, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you could almost do like I'm, a little like, you could almost do like a little like museum That's what thing. I'm saying. Like yeah, charge yeah, yeah. £10 and they can come Maybe. and have a little peek yeah. in it and then fuck <laughs> off again. That's the way to make your money. Yeah. Well, nah, I mean, to be fair, <laughs> mate, I'm not, it's just for me, it's memories that, you know, I've got some, as I said, I've got some great bits. I've got a shirt in there that Paul Weller gave to me when he first met me, and it's from his first clothing range. It don't fit me anymore now because of lockdown. I've, I've either bulked up a bit, bit of a unit now that day, we'll just leave it as that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it don't fit me now, but it looks, I used to be like a small. Now I'm like a, a medium and a, a medium large, you know, medium slash large. But this shirt, I'm never going to get rid of that because that's one of the first things he gave to me when I first met him from his clothing range and to have that fucking hell man I mean what an honour I've got some lovely bits and as I said for a magician I ain't had a bad career mate you know I've, I've I've made some great memories met some lovely people performed in some lovely venues made some amazing friends what more could you want what I've got someone said to me today I was speaking to someone I did a gig at the weekend with um, Rosa Ruddock and, and former professional boxer who was fourth in the world at one point, Ben Jones, good friend of mine, and, and the bloke who put the event on, he said, do you know what? You've got so many good stories as well. People were so interested in hearing about you. And I was like, I have, but I don't want to be on that stage talking about my stories because my stories are something that I like to bring out when people do either a podcast or an interview or stuff like that. But at the same time, I do want people to hear about them because they're so fucking great. Mm-hmm. So maybe one day I would like to write a book because they're, you know, I, I, well, not personally, but I've had people say, would you write a book? Um, I, I, if someone sat down with me, yeah, because the stories I've got, just, they need to be told, like how I met, how I got into the tours, how I met these people, how this yeah. and that, how, you know, it's incredible, mate. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah. And then you get stories that I just want to keep to myself because they're personal. Not for, I've had people before say, well, why don't you tell these stories? Is there something people shouldn't know? And I'm thinking, look, fuck off. You're not the son. For starters, I would never go out and tell stories that shouldn't be told anyway. Mm. But I like to keep stories personal because if everyone knows about the story, then it's not a personal story, is it? Yeah. You know, like I've had some advice off my heroes, which has stuck with me. And I remember being just before I went to go on stage and one of my, someone said to me this, this amazing bit of advice and when I went out there, that stuck with me. And then I performed probably one of the best shows I did because I had this advice in my head. Now that is going to stick with me to the day I die because that's something that you, you, you didn't expect it. It just happened. And the feeling I had when I, when, I, when I heard that bit of advice was like, right, this is it now. Bang, perform the show. And you go out there and smash the back doors out of it. 
Mm. You know what I mean? There's nothing else. There's <clears throat> it's just incredible, mate. Incredible. Incredible. I've got one more question I want to ask as I'm conscious of time. Go on, my Go friend. On. A quick fire one, really. I just want to know, because you've spoken about what's coming next and this sort of stuff. You've met fucking yeah. everyone. Can you give me a name of someone who's someone you haven't met yet and you'd love would, to and get involved with and become friends with and, and perform for before? Is there is there another name that you're after? There's a few people I haven't met. You know, I've, I've been fortunate to meet my some, fuck me, your Sean Riders, your Liam Gallagher, your Ronnie Wood, your, your Paul Weller, the, the Bruce Foxton, um, who are, oh, the whole cast, the fucking Quadrophenia, Jesus Christ. Like a lot of footballers, um, obviously the Libertines, the Rifles. Um, I've met so many amazing people, mate. Mm. And to me, I'm not one of these people who goes really fanny because end of the day, everyone's the same. I treat everyone the same as, as, you know, like they're just fortunate enough to be there. Like people who work hard will be at the very top if they work hard. The thing is these days, people don't want to work hard. People want other people to do it for them. Mm. And this is a great quote that I heard from, I think it was Goldie, the, um, the, the, like the big, like the, uh, the DJ, the MC as well. And he said, a lot of bands in like the R&B or a lot of DJs, they will say, listen to this, right? They're sending him stuff and he goes, well, why do I want that? You want me to do all the hard work. You want me to to post this out there or do you want me to try and send this to a record label or something like that? People these days don't go out there and and fucking like, bang, this is my mixtape. Like he said, I'd prefer it if people found where I was, give me a mixtape and say, this will blow you fucking away, mate. You're going to love this. You know, I think people are a bit scared to, to get out of their comfort zones these days. And I know there's a great quote that people, um, someone said, why would I want to get out of my comfort zone? I'm, I'm happy where I am. The thing is, if you get out of that comfort zone, you don't know what you could achieve. You know, I was Apple in the comfort zone and then I got out of it and the stuff I've achieved is, it's, it even blows my mind. You know, you've got to go out there and work hard, whether that's being a fucking magician, a band member, uh, even if you're working in a shop, right? Are you going to be happy? To, would you, if you're settled just being at the shop and you, you just do the same role or would you like to get up there and think, right, now I'm a shop assistant, I'm going to be a manager, I'm going to be a, a shop manager. It doesn't matter yeah. what you do in life. If you work hard, you will get anywhere. You yeah. will get to the very top if you wanted to. Not, nothing, what's, what's stopping you? People think these days every industry is corrupt or I can't get there. No, no, it's, I, don't, I don't want to even try. No, maybe it's because you're too lazy to try. Mm. If you really believed in yourself, fucking do it, mate. What's the worst that can happen? If I try and I, if I, if I, if I push myself to as much as I can and I, and I fail, then I fail. The thing is, the least I could say to my kids one day, do you know what? I tried. I mm. did the best I could. I wasn't quite at that level, but I tried. And as I say, I think people are a bit too scared to really push themselves these days. And don't get me wrong, there are some fantastic new bands coming out. I would like to see a lot of people really fucking push themselves and, and, and get out of a comfort zone and just go, right, you know what? This is what we're going to do. We're going to smash it up and mix it up a bit. Definitely mix it up a bit. Make mm-hmm. it unique. That's the best way to stand out is you've got to just do what you're doing, work hard. How many times, you've probably heard it yourself, how many times have you earned a band 
look the same as fucking probably Oasis and sound similar to the Stone Roses. Mm. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or, or look like Stone Roses and sound like Oasis or look like Blur and yeah. sound like the... You see it so many times. I want someone to be fucking different. I mean, look at that band. You must have seen them on Twitter. He did all the covers. But they did like... Echo. Fucking great. And I, yeah, they've yeah, been on the podcast. The them on they're yeah, I quite like... I quite like the front guy, the guys, the geezer with the bins and that. Like yeah. he's quite, he seems like a nice guy, and he's got a lovely voice. And is, I remember they followed me. Top lad. He's a really good lad. He seems lovely. I, w- I wouldn't mind having a drink with him because he seems like a nice geezer. But he, um, I quite like that band, and I would love, I definitely, definitely would love to go and see them soon. But look at what they did. They did something so different, and look at how it worked. Like, what did they do? Wonderful when was it Small Town Boy or something like that? Yeah. Is that what it was? Look at that. Yeah. Fucking blue, blew the internet, near enough broke the internet at one point. Liam Gallagher yeah. saw it, Radio X saw it. Like, that is what you mate, want. They were on people. like GMB and fucking. Literally, within. BBC. That's what I mean, mate. Mate. One day, one day, whether or not they were pissed up or whatever, and they thought, you know what, we're going to try this. It fucking worked. Yeah. And I, well, so if anyone wants to hear the full story of how they it. came into it, there is a podcast that we did last season with them where yep. they described the story when they told us how it kind of went down. You'll like it, mate. <laughs> Check it out. Oh, I remember that. I listened to that. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't make me Did feel bad. You know what I mean? I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> but they, I love what they do. And I think, do you know what? Do something different. Mm. If you do something different, you're halfway there, isn't you? Got you know what I mean? Out, and you got to stand you out. Have, you got to keep grinding for you it. Know, you ain't got to stop. Because realistically, nothing in this world is fucking free. And if it means while you're young, never get comfy until you retire. If it means while you're young, you've got to do 60 hours a week, 70 hours a week. Exactly. That's what you've got to fucking do. I just, that's, and, what, that's what we do here. We both have full-time jobs and we literally, yeah. we put hours in after work and we're up till two, three o'clock in the morning just to grab this and do this because it's what we enjoy doing. It's what we love to do. And I mean, that's, that's what it. people have got to a lot of people have got to take that and like, you know, not saying that we've achieved anywhere near what you have, but we have only been doing this for a year. Not we're, about still, that. we're still in a position where we would have never have believed where we are now to when we started. Like when we started, we was literally on fucking Zoom. We spoke about this in um, like the first episode of this season. And, you know, we were on Zoom talking fucking waffle, mm. chatting shit. Then by the end of the second season, we were interviewing Dan Haggis from the Wombats, which for us yeah. is like a massive, was a massive thing. And, you know, we're now got friendships with bands that we wouldn't have even thought about even messaging, mm. let alone now being mates with and like, you know, chatting on a regular basis. And it's, you know, people have just got to put, put their fucking head down, get doing, keep going. And social media now, like, you just keep grafting Great. at it. It's free. Exactly. It's got keep grafting, and you'll you'll get there. I mm. like I, I just I love Brian. To be fair, as well, just I just enjoy it. That that's it, mate. And you know what, right? I know it's a bit morbid, but as soon as we as soon as we're born, someone said you're dying straight away. You're always on. You're you're sort of on a time bomb. You know, I think I don't mean this to to put a dampener on the show, but nah. you don't know what's around the corner. If you if you put something off, you know, there's a saying about being a tomorrow man you know if, if you've got enough hours in the day to start something oh, do you know what I'll do it tomorrow well why not start it today you know and it's about I remember telling this band about it I said get yourself an Instagram page no when it was a clothing brand I said get yourself an Instagram page uh, get yourself a Twitter page and you don't know I'll do it tomorrow I'll do it now you never know what's going to happen do you know yeah, what yeah. I mean 
And you just got to push yourself. And the thing is, in this day and age, mate, no one's going to do it for you. You got to be your own manager. And and the thing is, I, I manage myself, and I managed to have done it, doing it really well. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not like your your big like fucking Simon Cow sort of managers. You know what I mean? He's a, he's mm-hmm. a successful person, but for me personally, being a magician, the stuff I've achieved, I'm happy with what I've made myself do. Mm. But that's all to what you just said, mate, and you nailed it. You know, you go out. I, I remember having a fucking job at the airport, right? And and that evening I went on a show, I did a I did a show on Sky and I I finished the airport at five o'clock. I got straight on the train from the airport, changed as I was on the way to the to the studio. I did this show which was nine till half ten. And then I was back at the airport at five o'clock in the morning the next day to then do five till five. And this was something that went on for a long time when I was 18, 19 to 20, doing, and even doing landscape gardening. One day I was, I was um, performing on Soccer AM. Uh, remember that? That was back in 2014, 2013, something like that. Next day I was, built, I was doing a fucking fence, a private job on a Sunday, you know, helping someone out. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter. People these days, I admire people. There's a lot of bands out there who have to go out and survive. I still do a little bit of a part-time job. People think, oh, no, he's doing all right. Look at what he's achieved. It's not about that. You get out there to get yourself as much, uh, um, to just fucking work as much as you can. Because in this industry, you need to have something else to do to keep yourself mentally sane. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Completely do. Completely do, to be fair. And I think that's inspiration to everyone. And I think everyone listening to this, so. it's a great example. And you could easily sit there and be like, oh, I like music, but I do magic, so I'll never get into it. Fuck it. And you're a prime example. It, like, well, no. You know, and that's they, kind of what we've they... done. We'd love to be a band. We'd love, <laughs> we literally would love to be a fucking band, but it's never going to fucking happen because yeah, there's not a musical bone in my body. You've probably got three out of 200. <laughs> like, so yeah. we've gone... But that will do this instead. And I feel like it's a similar vein of like, oh, if I can't be a band on stage, I'll do magic on stage. Oh, you'll be an like, entertainer. I can't be a band it. on stage. So do you know what? We'll fucking Definitely. interview them and we'll be entertainers on stage at some point in a different way and, and do it in our own way. And, and yeah, hopefully that's the same. If you're listening to this and, you know, you want to get involved in something, but you think you just can't, you know, just you fucking have to be a way to do You only get one life, mate. Might as well yeah. enjoy it. I like that. Absolutely. Well, I feel like we could keep fucking going yeah, for I hours, literally, man. We could do a part two like now, like just cut and just keep going <laughs> for two hours, mate. I've, it, honestly, I do genuinely think at some point when when we get a chance, like we'll have to do something in yeah. person and get a part two going. But like, I've oh yeah, more than welcome. Pleasure having you on, no, mate. Pleasure's all mine, boys. We do one last thing before we kind of wrap okay. up the show, and yep. we get we ask the person that we're interviewing. Um, if they're listening to an up and coming band that they want to give a proper shout out, that's not getting any publicity, not getting the publicity that they deserve. So is there an artist that you're listening to at the moment that you're really loving that you think needs to get a little bit more press or a little bit more light towards? Probably Little Mix. <laughs> <laughs> Underrated to be fair. Um, um, region, there's a couple, mate. I'm not going to name them all. I'll name a couple that I don't normally mention. I mean, obviously, you've got your Slow Time Mondays that you've had on here. Yeah. I like them because they're Crawley boys as well. Um, some of their barnets are a bit fucking dodgy, but then again, they can't have it all. <laughs> so yeah, you about it, right? <laughs> Fuck me. Yeah. Coming from Ryan Baines over here, that's shocking. <laughs> well. hey, listen, you look like the geezer from fucking, what's it, this, this country or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? What's his name? Curtain. 
Yeah, absolutely killed him there, and I. Yeah, you've done um, it right there, actually. Jim. You know that Cheers, mate. Yeah, this country. To be fair, so do I. If my air falls down, I actually look Get like the on that. It's fuck it. I knew it was him. To be fair, <laughs> he's a lovely lad. He's actually a Fulham fan, Charlie, and I'm I'm quite good friends with him because uh, we both support Fulham, and he's a lovely, lovely lad. Going off the subject, what was the question? Uh, oh, Mondays. Yeah. yeah, Barnets as well. Yeah. Um, they might come back. It's not that. Oh fuck me! Get on them. Sure. That was rude as fuck. Yay! Oh, man, he's been bouncing around his room showing his whole fucking museum tonight. Nah, nah. I could grab my phone off the table. Get on them shorts. No, uh, keep that bit in. Um, yeah, Regency as well. Dino from the Rifles. Very, very lovely, talented, talented guy. And I've got a lot of love and respect for him. And. He's a, he's a fantastic musician who goes out, obviously, on tour with um, Suggs and still works with the Rifles. And, and uh, Regency is him and his brother. And I, if you haven't heard of them, yeah. I recommend you listening to them because they he did something like he brought out nine singles in nine nine months or something like that. It was, it was either nine, nine in nine weeks or nine in nine months. I think it was nine in nine months. And um, brilliant. And I think he's going to bring out an album and as I said, everyone loves Dino. Everyone loves Dino. You know, he's just a lovely, lovely bloke. And um, yeah, Regency, Slow Time Mondays. Is there anyone else? Uh, let me just have a think. No, probably not. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. When I put this, when I get off this, I'll probably think, fuck, I should have said them or them because there's so many good up and coming bands yeah. that I am listening to at the moment. But when, it, when you're on the spot, sometimes you forget. But they were on the top of me, top of me head. Go cool. well. We'll run through one or two we've got, and then if anyone else jumps in your head, then just shout. Yeah, on, you got uh, any? I've got. I want to give two a quick shout out. One uh, is one small one that I found called the Perps, who are a Manchester-based band. The Perps, P E R P S. The Perps. Oh, okay, that's cool. They're really small Manchester band. They released a song called "Lucky Ones" literally like a few weeks ago. And I That's absolutely cool. love that song. Yeah, been, like, are they on it's like, um, Spotify? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're on Spotify. I'll, have a can, uh, I'll, I'll send have you a the listen. link on Instagram after if you want. So no, yeah, I'm sure, man. I'm more, more than happy to listen to new music. Yeah, man, you'll like them. You'll definitely like them. They're proper like uh, indie rock, but really upbeat. And that's what I've been into yeah. at the moment. It's just like proper like upbeat Decent, stuff that man. you can sing along to in the car and that. And it's, it's proper something like that. But their new one, Lucky Ones, is really good. Um, but they need a little bit more recognition. And then yeah. I think another one that I want to shout out that doesn't need any more recognition, but I just want to sort of mention them, is the Lathams. Oh, a fucking album because they brought out, man. They've announced their debut album. They are like mm. the biggest up-and-coming band around at the moment, and they're going to be huge. That album's going to be number one. They're brilliant. But they're getting a lot of this hate that I fucking hate, where because because they're doing well, people are trying to sort of dig at it and trying to drag them down when everything they're doing. They're doing everything fucking perfectly. If they keep doing what they do, mate, then then no one... Listen, if they keep doing what they're doing, then I say let the hate continue because they're yeah. obviously doing something right. No mate, and um, but, I haven't... but listen, I'm just they're doing everything right and they announced that album. They dropped a thousand signed limited vinyls, which is sick, that sold out instantly, amazing. They then that day at the weekend, they went down to Wigan Market and they sold oh, pre this album in person Sorry. at Wigan Market last minute you could rock up buy limited edition merch meet the lads they'll sign it for you fucking class like they mm. don't have no, to be doing class. any of that shit they could drop an announcement with a tweet say oh Alm's coming out buy it 
and disappear. But they didn't. They did all these fucking really cool limited edition vinyls and stuff. They're getting down Wigan Market and meeting the fans. They're talking about it with people. And I just think they're doing it right. And I like to see it. There's so many people saying they're not doing it right, but they are. So everyone else shut the fuck up and go buy it because that album's going to be fucking beautiful. I I do 100% agree, but I have to say one fucking thing about how amazing the artwork on the vinyl is mm. because it's a, have you seen it? I, I'm going to hold my hands up. No, I haven't. The vinyl, right? It is a black and white printer there like day down at the beach, right? And these are, it's from one of their videos and it is stop start like um, clips of the, of the day. So as it I'll spins, look at that. as it spins, it plays the film. So it is literally like what, on the vinyl animation. So each, yeah, section mate. it literally says so as it spins it shows you that's the class. clip I tried to buy it but that's it's a good out. idea yeah it's fucking unbelievable but they, they did a limited edition vinyl and it literally does yeah it's, it plays the the video as it spins because it's like uh, yeah like what's like a frame it does it fra- it yeah. clips every frame yeah so for each track there is a like different frame like select section of the video that is yeah. in that frame yeah. they do it frame by frame as the disc spins it's fucking it's amazing genius. and that that record company they gave that limited edition design to blood records i think it is who are yeah. like, they're local to wigan so gave them this vinyl that only they can sell, which fucking helps them out massively. And, and they've done some, oh, belt, they've done some just... belter ones. They did Stanley's uh, Pale Blue one that they yeah, released. They've done, and they've done loads of bits like that. They're fucking they're class. Sick. So no, they're, just, cool, they're doing man. everything right. And yeah, they're not Good. ones that need shouting out in particular, but because everyone knows that they fucking are already in this scene, Good. but they're doing everything right. So go support them. Yeah. Stop fucking saying they're not because they... That's really Go on in, mate. What's your two? Yeah, it's really annoying. Oh, that's really annoyed you. Yeah, it has. Yeah, I can yeah, tell. I annoying. can tell. Bless him. Well, I've got a couple. <laughs> I've got a couple. That I want to shout out just sheerly because of I've shouted them out before, but I want to kind of give one of them I've shouted out before, but I want to give like a real like shout out to this one again. And it's somebody's child. Mm-hmm. Right? We've spoken about right. him a couple of times before, but somebody's child has now released a track called Crazy. And it's mm-hmm. fucking mega. It's like Sam Fender sort of big. Like it sounds okay. big. It sounds Radio 1 ready, but it just doesn't have that support. Like it don't have that okay. real uh, push behind it, like that radio push. And I really think it deserves it. So I want to really give a shout out to them. And I also want to give a shout out to Mom Rock. Oh, I, I see oh, okay. that in the playlist. I was like, I know what this is gonna be. Yeah, like, it's yeah. not pop punk, mm. but it's a, it's a more of a, it's an American style rock and roll sort of vibe, which I'm really into at the moment. The American style stuff, I think, is starting to kind of bleed its way across a little bit, and I think it's a, it's an alternative genre, which is, I feel, it feels quite refreshing in a sense in the UK scene. So. To kind of hear these bands from the States and actually I'm coming across them as an independent UK page, like I feel it's really, like really important. So I want to shout out them with their single they released that Till One of Us Stops Lying. And I really love that tune. So I added that in the playlist as well. I think it's a better. And to be fair, Baby Lung's new track. Yeah. Baby Lung's new track is a band that's local to us. Um, uh, Hold Me. Kyle Faulkner's new album. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah, very good. He's been a bit of a supporter for my work as well, so it's only right to mention his album as well. Um, yeah, he's brought one out, and I think it's class. Love so, it. Right, well, all of them will be tagged and shouted out as 
as they normally are. Definitely. So show the love for all them bands and the Magic Mod. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute not a problem. Pleasure, mate, to chat to you. is all mine. Pleasure is all mine. It's been brilliant. So if where can people find you if they didn't if they don't follow you already? Um. I'm not going to give you my fucking address. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, Where do you shop? You know what? Yeah. yeah, probably around Belfast now because I've managed to move over there for a bit. But oh, um, Slow Time right. Mondays lads mentioned that. That's cool. Yeah, man. We Instagram, Twitter on Taylor Mod because um, I use my Twitter a lot for Magic Mod Mondays. Facebook don't really use that. It's full of people depressing, taking pictures of fucking cups of tea and you know, how burnt is my toast out of five and shit like that. So I'm not yeah. really into Facebook. Twitter and Twitter and Instagram is is my cup of tea or uh, www.themagicmod.com. And wow. um, that's my website for, you know, recent up-and-coming gigs and previous gigs I've done. Amazing stuff. Lovely. Go check him out. And thank you all for listening. If you haven't subscribed to our channel yet, make sure you subscribe. Uh, leave a like and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I don't know whether I've got a comment section yet. If not, make sure you just fucking subscribe on there. Put the bell on and we'll see you all very soon. Take care. Peace.